welcome to the Dietitian Dad Podcast. I am Michael Murphy, father of three, registered dietitian, and your dad when it comes to weight loss, nutrition, and health. No quick fixes or easy answers here, just evidence-based advice to help you permanently change your life. Welcome back, episode 47 of the Dietitian Dad Podcast. This episode, it took me a few days to do. Why? Because this is one that I need to get in the right mindset to record. You know, if you've never done a podcast, you can't just roll out of bed and record a podcast. You have to have the right energy and you have to have the right voice inflection. You know, this podcast is something you're listening to and you're supposed to be entertained and informed. And I can't just be at my lowest when I'm recording this. But today, this episode number 47 is going to be something else. Let me say this first. I'm a very, I consider myself a very positive person. I am always looking at the bright side. I, I, I very rarely engage in the negative. But after 46 episodes, I think it's okay to have an episode where I'm going to cast light on my my inner thoughts and, and the things that, that annoy me or the things that I am sick of. And the reason I want to do that is because that might help you understand some of the things that are problematic in this in the industry of health and weight loss to then improve upon yourself. So a, a tad bit angry in this episode. Um, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't think I will. But please understand that when I talk to a large population of people, there are always going to be exceptions to every rule. And there's always going to be somebody out there who listens and thinks, well, that's not me or that is me, but he has no right to feel that way. Just Try to bury those thoughts while you're listening to the following words I'm about to say in a few minutes. But before I get angry, I have another topic that I want to discuss in a minute, I'll, and I'll share that with you. And then really, really quick, my podcast had almost always been once every two weeks, and it's they've been about once every three weeks the last couple months. And it's really something to do with a change in careers for me, a change in um, businesses. And um, basically, just so you're all aware, if you are local to Arizona... <clears throat> I am uh, now the dietitian for AZ Weight Loss Clinic, previously known as the Weight Loss Institute of Arizona. So I have a brand new company that I'm starting up with two two awesome surgeons, Dr. Oris and Dr. Budensick, and we are really excited to change the game in weight loss surgery, not only in the country, the world, but also here in Arizona. So that's a lot of work for me, and just having time to do this podcast has been tough. And really quick, please, if you don't mind, go give us give us a follow on Instagram at AZ Weight Loss, on TikTok at AZ Weight Loss. Um, just any support would be highly appreciated for that. Okay, I'm going to play you a quick clip, and I'm curious to know if you've heard this before. But the number one cause of obesity is genetics. That means if you are born to parents that have obesity, you have a 50 to 85% likelihood of having the disease yourself, even with optimal diet, exercise, sleep management, stress management. So when people see families that have obesity, the assumption is, what are they feeding those kids? Yeah, they're doing something wrong. So have you heard this quote? It's from uh, Dr. Stanford. She was on 60 Minutes a couple weeks ago, and it got a lot of, uh, she she got a lot of flack for what she said um, during the, it's a long segment. You can go look, go uh, check it out on YouTube and listen to the whole thing. But as you heard, she's talking about how obesity is 
mostly almost all genetically related. I'll give my opinion in a minute, but what I want to highlight about this specific interview is that this is a doctor from Harvard. She's the top of the line, considered probably genius level person. And, you know, we don't want to put all doctors on a too high of a pedestal because a lot of them still don't always know what they're saying or what they're doing. But, but she seems to have a lot of education behind her and she works in the industry as an obesity doctor. So, I mean, there, there are really good credentials behind her name and what she does. But even someone like her at the highest level of, of um, obesity understanding, and, and I assume she does research as well, there are still a lot of people that would disagree with what she just said. People meaning regular people and, of course, um, uh, scientists and doctors as well. We have so much to learn about obesity. I don't even know if in our lifetimes we'll ever really understand it. So what I try to do, aside from the studies that I look at, I try to also utilize my 20 years of experience seeing uh, mostly people who have more weight on them. And when they lose that weight, you know, what are they doing? And also, why do they have that weight on them? I get, I get their stories. I know, you know, if you're listening and I've seen you in person, I, I usually get to know you a little bit, know your family history, your, your stress levels and how many kids you've had and all the different things that could have resulted in you being in front of me. Um, in a in a weight loss mood, and I have personally always thought and preached and said that genetics does play a big role in someone carrying more weight on them. And back to Dr. Stanford, she she goes into the set point theory. You've probably heard that, where the body has a set weight that it tries to strive for. So if you do diet down and lose thirty pounds, your body will do whatever it takes to go back up those 30 pounds. And again, I've seen this as well over and over again, and you might have lived this yourself. Somebody who weighed 300 pounds gets down to 200, and it's like a magnet. If they even lose focus for a little bit, they're back up to 300, whereas someone like myself is always at my set point weight. Um, you know, So it's, it is, there is something to be said for genetics, no doubt about it. So again, go listen to the whole thing, but really what my I want to – point out here is, is simple. And I've said this before, but I truly believe it in that the person who has more weight on them versus the person that never has to worry about their weight, they have a genetic component for sure. The person who has more weight on them, okay, maybe that person doesn't exercise as much. Maybe that person eats more calories. They, and they probably do eat more calories. But there's also the, the component of hunger hormones that they may have more of than the person who doesn't eat as much. We can go, go into that. I've gone into that in other podcasts. But what it comes down to is we are born with a certain genetic makeup and you have to play the hand you're dealt. So if you are somebody who struggles with weighing too much, gaining weight, hard to keep it off versus somebody who's not, that means your genetic component is more at play. There are other factors like eating and exercise, sure. But you have to just accept that part of it and understand that you have to work harder than the average person to get your weight down to a set point that's healthy and comfortable for you. Because as weight loss surgery will prove, because I've seen thousands and thousands of patients, everybody loses weight no matter what genetic component they have if they consistently stay at a calorie deficit. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about that at all. It's along the same lines as some, some people are born smarter than other people. The smarter ones 
pass the math test without studying. The less smart ones in math have to study their butt off to get the same grade. We're all equal and we're all not equal in many different genetic ways. Okay, let's move on to the main topic of this podcast. Let me get myself into a, a, a World Wrestling Federation mentality here. Let me, let me try to get a little bit angry. Oh, it's so hard for me to do it, but I'm going to try. Okay. Okay, so I am not Mr. All-Powerful, Knowledgeable Dietitian. There are still things I learn every day. There are still things that I'm wrong about every day. But when it comes to this first one, it drives me up a wall. And that is simply nutrition misinformation out there. It is rampant with social media. It is every day when I'm cruising through TikTok videos and I'm looking on Instagram or Twitter, I can't get away from it. And I have to somehow detach myself and understand that there's no way that I could possibly save the world from all of the stuff that's put out there by the most random of people. From chiropractors to you know people that just are in great shape that have no educational background. Not that that's always necessary, mind you. But people that are just everyday people, um, housewives um, spewing some product that, that, they, that they like um, because they're a... Um, affiliate for that product and talking about how great it is. I can go on and on, but the nutrition information, misinformation that really bugs me the most are any keywords or um, buzzwords that are used to sell a product. Anything that's not related to a calorie deficit is just a bunch of crap. It's, it's just a way of selling something to somebody or selling a program, whatever it may be. And, and I just, I don't do that. So it's, it, it bugs me when I see it done. Things like, of course, you have your um, different diets. You know, we have something, um, let's see, detox, oh, detoxes kill me, okay? Anything that you sell to go on a detox. When we use the buzzword inflammation or anti-inflammatory, that's, oh, that kills me. Um, you know, talking about something like as, uh, as benign as saturated fat, everybody hears how saturated fat is awful for us, but... But we don't break saturated fat down into different types of saturated fats and which ones are worse or better for us. Or Maybe there is some saturated fat that's not so bad. Cholesterol, everybody thinks cholesterol is the devil. It's not. We make cholesterol in our bodies and everyone freaks out when their LDLs are a little bit high or their cholesterol is a little bit high. At the end of the day, it's rarely a big deal. Um, Carbohydrates, of course, everybody demonizes them. They should not be. You have, what else? Oh, of course, keto diets, intermittent fasting diets. Um, oh, another big one is reverse dieting. Oh, it's the, I'm not eating enough calories and that's why I am not losing weight mentality. Now, there are going to be people, especially on this reverse dieting one, that are going to insist that you have to eat more calories and reset, quote, I'm going to put the, this is in quotes, by the way, reset your metabolism to then be able to lose weight. So if you're extremely dieting and you're hardly eating and you're not losing weight, you got to get your calories up. Now, I'll say this. There's a little bit of possible truth to that mentality, but it's got to be, there's got to be more research done. However, if you are not in a calorie deficit for your body, for your body, and that's different for everybody, then you will not lose weight. And speaking of losing weight, 
I, I'm guilty of this one, and I'm, I'm angry at myself for it, but I'm so tired of saying losing weight. I say it a million times a day. I want to find a way to stop doing it, and hopefully I will soon. Losing weight versus losing fat or some other word, I think that's, it's, it's just more important to focus on fat loss because let's face it, how many times have you heard or experienced a whole month, you haven't lost any weight, but you lost inches, you noticed your body was changing, does it really matter that the scale didn't move? It matters because you're so programmed to think it matters, and I'm trying to change that. I'm trying to get the scale to not be as relevant not focus on a number, which is weight, and get to that fat loss and make sure we understand what that means, how your clothes are fitting, and a measurement for fat loss, which some scales can do semi-accurately these days. Am I sounding angry enough? I don't really feel it, but I'm trying my best here. When I thought about this episode, by the way, I just had a thought in my head about calling, you know, I'm, I'm dietitian dad, of course. And this would be the dietitian stepdad episode because, of course, we, the, the stepdad mentality is, you know, if you're a stepdad and you're a great person, please don't take offense. But stepdads can be a-holes. And um, I know because I had a couple. And um, so being angry like dietitian stepdad versus dietitian dad, I just thought that was a funny thought. All right, all right, let's move on from that. So I am not dietitian stepdad. I am dietitian dad. And one other thing that irks me a lot is not that much related to, the, to weight loss and health, but it kind of is. And that's with these every single day the world is ending apocalyptic um, news articles. And, you know, if, this is how it's probably always been, but it seems even worse with social media. We're going we're gonna to be um, victims from, we're going to lose uh, some war soon. We're going to fight Russia, China. There's balloons in the sky. There are aliens are attacking us. Um, there's the Illuminati. You know, every performance on TV is basically some type of uh, devil worship. It's just everywhere. And it starts to feed into us if we see it a lot. And when you start to think the world isn't secure, of course, don't get me started on covid and the lack of food, the food supply. And of course, here in Arizona, there's no water. You, know, you really stop caring as much about what matters the most, and that is your health, I think. And, and the reason why is because, well, if the world's going to end, then why should I care? You know, I might as well just enjoy it if, if the world is not going to make it much longer. You know, climate change, whatever it is. Now, we know the world's been around for billions and billions, of, well, it's billions of years, and it's survived and we're going to survive and we're going to be okay. But it still is this weird um, mentality that if you see this a lot, I highly recommend you stay off social media, you stay off the news channels if you think it's getting to you. Because I need you to understand that you're going to hopefully be around for a long time and not look at the short term, but the long term and make sure you're really working hard to take care of yourself. Okay, okay next up is just the impatience of humans. And by humans, I mean those I interact with often <laughs> in the weight loss world. In, in patients, if I go to a doctor's appointment, right, and it's at 10 a.m. and it's 10.15 and nobody's called me back, I expect it to be called back at 10 o'clock. So I'm going to get a little annoyed. And the clinic I work at, 
Sometimes we make our patients wait a while, and I don't blame them if they're annoyed. However, if you have weight loss surgery or go on a weight loss journey, and you, you know, if you don't know what to expect, i.e. the time your doctor's appointment is, what you're going to be impatient because you think that you should be losing faster, more, more fat loss. See, I did that without weight loss. Um, so the so impatience is because the expectations were not established when it comes to these parameters for weight loss, fat loss, and health. So what do we do? We have to start really setting up those expectations a little bit a little bit more realistically. Because if I have a ton of inpatient patients, what does that lead to? It leads to discouragement. It leads to self-doubt. Um, I'm a failure. I'm not doing well. Don't get me started on, um, you know, if you compare yourself. That's kind of the same along the same lines if you compare yourself to other people. But, you know, if you feel like it's going slow and you thought you were going to lose 20 pounds a month and you've lost 10 pounds a month, when in reality, two, one and a half pounds of fat loss a week is amazing, and you're discouraged, well, you know, I can only convince so many people a day that they shouldn't be discouraged. I can't do it for everybody. So that's why I have a podcast. So if you're listening to this, remind yourself of the realistic expectations that you need. You have to convince yourself of that. And then you will understand that things are going just great and all your hard work is paying off and you won't be discouraged anymore. So... Get patient. Get patient. Okay, the next one, kind of a small one, but it still irks me a little bit. And again, I want to remind you, this, you might think, oh, wow, that was me. I don't, I'm not irked enough to not like it, not like you because of it, but I just want to point this out. If you set, if you set a goal of a certain weight to get to and that number is ingrained in your brain and just it doesn't matter what you do, you have to hit that actual number on the scale. You know, be mind, you know me by now, and you know how silly that is and how much that would annoy me. But with that said, I know, I get it. You, you have goals, and you, you, you want to sh- believe that you can get to 130 pounds, and you weigh 145 pounds, and you said you were going to get to 130. So you, you haven't gotten to 130, therefore... You still have that drive in you. Whatever your mental game needs to stay encouraged, I get that's maybe why you say you want to get to 130. And I don't blame you for that whatsoever. However, the number number 130, if that is your goal, is so irrelevant in terms of what what it means. It's just an arbitrary number on a scale that you might have thought that you should weigh or that some BMI chart told you you should weigh. I know a BMI chart will say that I should weigh 190 and I weigh 215 pounds. So I can, I can care less about that BMI chart. Absolutely don't care about it whatsoever. I would rather at least you have a goal that matters. A size goal for men, a waist size goal, a goal in the exercise world of being able to do 10 push-ups, some other thing besides saying, well, I haven't hit 130. I'm still 137. I have more work to do. I I just it just for me, I don't see any point. 
Okay, so that's enough things to be sick of and angry about, right? I got one more for you, and this is my special gym edition um, quick one. I'm going to give you a ton of things that I can't stand about going to the gym, working out at the gym. And um, if you do go, you might relate. If you don't go, well, well, it's still kind of interesting, I hope. First thing I hate is the gym The gym I go to says, no gym bags allowed on the gym floor. There's huge signs everywhere. What do people do? They, they carry these huge duffel bags everywhere they go from station to station, and you have to step over them or step around them. The huge signs are there, but nobody says a thing. Meanwhile, I would love to have a gym bag with all my stuff in it, but I try to follow the rules and don't have one, so I just get more angry at them. Next up, obviously, is people that don't put their weights back or re-rack their weights. We all know that's annoying. Um, uh, people that grab weights right in front of the mirror and start lifting right in front of the whole line of dumbbells so you can't get to what you need because they're standing in front of it you should, you should grab your weights step backwards or get away and then do your lift back before covid people would use benches and leave their sweat stains on them and not wipe them off the, again i'm not happy covid happened but the one thing it did for us is most of the time they now wipe their their benches down i don't see the sweat stains anymore but that's a huge huge pet peeve I don't know why, but I cannot stand when those like two guys that that know each other are girls, and they have you know they, they meet up and they start chatting for like ten minutes while they're not working out and they're talking really loudly, even with my headphones in, I can hear their conversation, and all I can do is focus on their their voices coming through my headphones, just wishing they would stop talking and work out. You know, after uh, talking about all my pet peeves at the gym or things that irk me, maybe I should start working out at home more often. All right, you guys, hopefully that was enlightening. I didn't really get off, come across as that angry. I, I know it. I tried, though. All right, we'll see you in a couple weeks for the next episode. Take care. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at dietitian underscore dad while you wait for the next episode to drop. And remember, permanent changes lead to permanent results. <laughs>